The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the wonderful comments, messages, ratings, and reviews. All of them are regularly posted for your reading pleasure on patreon.com slash markvinette. Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. The cancellation of the fur monopoly in 1607 brought France's Port Royal settlement to a temporary end. Samuel Champlain took some of the colonists up the Great River St. Lawrence to establish a new settlement and fur trading post. In 1608, he founded France's first permanent Canadian colony, which he named Quebec, an indigenous word meaning where the river narrows. This strategic location was at the foot of a great rocky cape on the north shore, which formed a natural fortress, barring the way upstream to the interior. Let's learn more about this with the help of our friends at LibriVox. The Founder of New France, A Chronicle of Champlain, Champlain at Quebec From the island of Orleans to Quebec, the distance is a league. I arrived there on the 3rd of July, when I searched for a place suitable for our settlement, but I could find none more convenient or better than the point of Quebec, so called by the Indians, which was covered with nut trees. I at once employed a portion of our workmen in cutting them down, that we might construct our habitation there. One I set to sawing boards, another to making a cellar and digging ditches, another I sent to Tadassac with the bark to get supplies. The first thing we made was the storehouse for keeping under cover our supplies, which was promptly accomplished through the zeal of all and my attention to the work. Thus opened Champlain's account of the place with which his name is linked imperishably. He was the founder of Quebec and its preserver. During his lifetime the result seemed pitifully small. The task, once undertaken, was never abandoned. By steadfastness he prevailed, and at his death had created a colony which became the new France of Talon and Frontenac, of La Salle and Diberville, of Brebeuf and Laval. If Venice, from amid her lagoons, could exclaim, Esto perpetua, Quebec, firm based upon her cliff, can say to the rest of Canada, Attendite ad petrum unde excisi estis, look unto the rock whence ye are hewn. Champlain's Quebec was very poor in everything but courage. The fact that it was founded by the men who had just failed in Acadia gives proof of this virtue. Immediately upon his return from Port Royal to France, Champlain showed de Mont a map and plan which embodied the result of his explorations during the last three years. They then took counsel regarding the future, and with Champlain's encouragement, de Mont resolved to continue his noble and meritorious undertaking, notwithstanding the hardships and labors of the past. It is significant that once more Champlain names exploration as the distinctive purpose of de Mont. To expect a subsidy from the crown was futile but Henry felt compunction for his abrupt recall of the monopoly. The result was that de Mont, in recognition of his losses, was given a further monopoly for the session of 1608 only. 
At the same time, he was expressly relieved from the obligation to take out colonists. On this basis, de Mont found partners among the merchants of Rouen, and three ships were fitted out, one for Acadia, the others for the St. Lawrence. Champlain, as lieutenant, was placed in charge of the Laurentian expedition. With him went the experienced and invaluable Pontgrave. Nearly seventy-five years had now passed since Jacques Cartier first came to anchor at the foot of Cape Diamond. During this period, no one had challenged the title of France to the shores of the St. Lawrence. In fact, a country so desolate made no appeal to the French themselves. Roberval's tragic experience at Cap Rouge had proved a warning. To the average Frenchman of the 16th century, Canada meant what it afterwards meant to Sully and Voltaire. It was a tract of snow, a land of barbarians, bears, and beavers. The development of the fur trade into a staple industry changed this point of view to a limited extent. The government, as we have seen, considered it desirable that colonists should be established in New France at the expense of traders. For the St. Lawrence, however, the first and only fruits of this enlightened policy had been Chauvin's sixteen derelicts at Tadoussac. The founding of Quebec represents private enterprise, and not an expenditure of money by Henry IV for the sake of promoting colonization. De Mont and Champlain were determined to give France a foothold in America. The rights upon which the venture of 1608 was financed did not run beyond the year. Thenceforth trade was to be free. It follows that de Mont and his partners, in building a station at Quebec, did not rely for their expenses upon any special favors from the crown. They placed their reliance upon themselves, feeling confident of their powers to hold a fair share of the trade against all comers. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv and on Local Now, Channel 525. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calitrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calitrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text history that's H I S T O R Y using the code 30605. For Champlain, Quebec was a fixed point on the way to the Orient. For Dumont, it was a key to the commerce of the Great River. None of his rivals would begin the season of 1609 with a permanent post in Canada. Thus, part of the anticipated profits for 1608 was invested to secure an advantage in the approaching competition. 
The whole success of the plan depended upon the mutual confidence of de Mont and Champlain, both of whom unselfishly sought the advancement of French interests in America. De Mont, the courageous capitalist and promoter, Champlain, the explorer whose discoveries were sure to enlarge the area of trading operations. Pontgrave sailed from Honfleur on April 5, 1608. Champlain followed eight days later, reaching Tadoussac at the beginning of June. Here trouble awaited him. The Basque traders, who always defied the monopoly, had set upon Pontgrave with cannon and muskets, killing one man and severely wounding two others, besides himself. Going ashore, Champlain found Pontgrave very ill and the Basques in full possession. To fight was to run the risk of ruining de Mont's whole enterprise, and as the Basques were alarmed at what they had done, de Rache, their captain, signed an agreement that he would not molest Pontgrave or do anything prejudicial to the rights of de Mont. This basis of compromise makes it clear that Pontgrave was in charge of the season's trade, while Champlain's personal concern was to found the settlement. An unpleasant dispute was thus adjusted, but the incident had a still more unpleasant sequel. Leaving Tadoussac on June 30, Champlain reached Quebec in four days, and at once began to erect his storehouse. A few days later he stood in grave peril of his life through conspiracy among his own men. The ringleader was a locksmith named Jean Duval, who had been at Port Royal and narrowly escaped death from the arrows of the Cape Cod Indians. Whether he framed his plot in collusion with the Basques is not quite clear, but it seems unlikely that he should have gone so far as he did without some encouragement. His plan was simply to kill Champlain and deliver Quebec to the Basques in return for a rich reward, either promised or expected. Some of the men he had no chance to corrupt, for they were aboard the barques, garden stores until a shelter could be built. Working among the rest, Duval suborned four of the worst characters, as he supposed, telling them a thousand falsehoods and presenting to them prospects of acquiring riches. The evidence subsequently showed that Champlain was either to be strangled when unarmed, or shot at night as he answered to a false alarm. The conspirators made a mutual promise not to betray each other, on penalty that the first who opened his mouth should be poniarded. Out of this deadly danger Champlain escaped through the confession of a vacillating spirit named Natal, who regretted his share in the plot, but, once involved, had fears of the poniard. Finally he confessed to Testu, the pilot, who immediately informed Champlain. Questioned as to the motive, Natal replied that nothing had impelled them, except that they had imagined that by giving up the place into the hands of the Basques or Spaniards, they might all become rich, and that they did not want to go back to France. Duval, with five others, was then seized and taken to Tadoussac. Later in the summer, Pontgrave brought the prisoners back to Quebec, where evidence was taken before a cart-martial consisting of Champlain, Pontgrave, a captain, a surgeon, a first mate, a second mate, and some sailors. The sentence condemned four to death, of whom three were afterwards sent to France and put at the discretion of de Mont. Duval was strangled and hung at Quebec, and his head was put on the end of a pike, to be set in the most conspicuous place on our fort, that he might serve as an example to those who remained, leading them to deport themselves correctly in future, in the discharge of their duty, and that the Spaniards and Basques, of whom there were large numbers in the country, might not glory in the event. It will be seen from the recital of Duval's conspiracy that Champlain was fortunate to escape the fate of Hudson and La Salle. While this cause célèbre was running its course to a tragic end, 
the still more famous habitation grew day by day under the hands of busy workmen. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying images. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride. <laughs>